Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. We're glad that you are here and that you can be a part of a recent service at TCC. So let's join the service, which is already underway, and listen to the message. The power of God was so strong in our revival. And on Tuesday and Wednesday, there was such a clear word from God that the church was being positioned and anointed for this hour and this generation. Do you believe that? One of the messages that resonated with us was about how David in the Bible was called out from the field to be anointed as king. And I know many of you felt that sense of God calling you to a new place with him. I felt clarity that God was calling many of you from behind the shadows and out of the fields of obscurity in the spirit. And God was anointing you and God is preparing us to accomplish a work that goes beyond what we're comfortable with and goes beyond what we maybe have done before. I am reminded of the passage in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, that we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. He's calling you out of places of of shadows spiritually and into places of light because you are a priesthood and you are a royal priesthood, a a, a king and a, a queen in the spirit to be take authority over things in the spirit. So if we are being called out like the first century church, then what do we need to accomplish the work that God is calling us to do? And I want to preach this morning on the prevailing need of the church, the prevailing need of the church. And when I consider what the church needs in this hour and in this generation, I I certainly can think of a few things. We need resources and we need uh, places and facilities and vehicles. But as we've seen, those things can be taken away in a moment. We need technology and we need social media and connectivity and artistic expressions and communications. Those are vital to how we accomplish things as a church. And I'm thankful for all of those. I'm thankful that we could walk in today and there's a microphone that can project my voice and there's musical instruments that are, are, are used to worship God and microphones and things that are projecting this and those watching online can watch and see and participate in our services, and it's very powerful. I'm thankful for all of that. And I wonder, and I wonder, though, what is the real need in this hour? What is it that God needs to accomplish His work? What I realize, too, and this is not just something we are preaching because 
Ukraine is at war, but we realize in the spirit that we are at war. That the enemy is constantly bombarding and bombarding us and threatening us and surrounding us and trying to cause us to fall back and to surrender our leadership in the spirit, to surrender our authority in the spirit. So that's why Paul would write, and they don't have it on the AV screen, but Paul would write, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. But we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. And so Paul didn't know about the Ukraine. Paul didn't even know uh, uh, what was going on in our day, but he realized something that the enemy was after our souls. The enemy was after our peace. The enemy was after us to destroy the work of God in our lives. And so he said, put on the whole armor of God because uh, you can't wake up in the morning without the enemy walking in and trying to take territory that doesn't belong to him. You can't get up and walk through your day without the enemy showing up. And if he can't fire a bomb and he doesn't have access to fire a weapon at you, he's going to just try to surround you and create fear like everything is crumbling around you. But you need to put on the whole armor of God. Oh, hallelujah. Something's rising up in this place today. We're not going to let the enemy take territory from us. Uh, Oh, there may be a moment in our lives. I hope it doesn't happen that this world crumbles in some way, in some political way. But what we're saying today and what Pastor Sergey was trying to get you to understand is that uh, this uh, church uh, is not going to falter. This church uh, is not going to sink. This church uh, is not going to give up. God will accomplish his work in the world. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Would you lift your hands to the Lord? I feel the touch of the Lord in this place. God, we surrender to your work in our lives. We surrender to your work in our lives. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. And so when we read passages in Scripture, in the Old Testament in particular, we read about God's people in a fight with the enemies of God. And I want to just pull out a few things. Give me just a few minutes today to pull out a few things because, as you know, I told you on Wednesday night, five minutes into the sermon on Wednesday night, I knew what I was preaching this morning. And God's trying to awaken this church and position this church for what it's called to do. When we consider in 1 Samuel chapter 17, very familiar, very familiar passage. So, evangelists... David Bryan on Tuesday read out of 1 Samuel 16. 1 Samuel 17 walks us into an environment 
where the Bible says that the Philistines were camped against the children of God. I want to just pull off a few scriptures and AV team, thank you for your help and your attempt to help Ben today. I'm going to move fast. 1 Samuel chapter 17, it says that they were encamped, the, the Philistines were gathered together to battle against the people of God. Verse number 3 of chapter 17, the Philistines stood on a mountain on one side, and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side with a valley between them. I don't know what you think of when you think of this moment where David, and where this is a story of David killing Goliath. I don't know what you think of, but you got to recognize that this wasn't just a, a one-sided uh, array of, of army. Both sides were encamped against each other. One side was standing on this side, Israel standing on this side, and the, the Philistines standing on this side. They were faced off in battle. This was not a surprise attack. This was not something that they didn't see coming, but they saw it. And so the Bible says, as they stood there, Israel standing there, that a Goliath, a, a man, a giant, stood and he came out and he began to mock the children of Israel. In verse number 10, it says, the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we might fight together. And when Saul and all Israel heard these words, everyone say words, words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. You got to realize that they were ready for battle. They were positioned for battle. But every time Goliath stepped out, every time Goliath began to speak words, something melted in their heart. Has anybody felt that? You ever felt that feeling? You just read something in the news and your heart melted. And so they faced off against one another. The Bible says in verse number 16, chapter 17, the Philistine drew near and presented himself 40 days, morning and evening. Now, you can think of this as just him sitting there, him coming out, them being afraid. But I, I want to take a little closer note of what was actually happening in the moment. It says that. We know that Jesse, David's father, had sent David to go bring provisions to his brothers. And it be, he, he came on the scene and he began to see everything that was happening. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse number 20, David rose early in the morning. He left the sheep with the keeper. And he took the things and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the camp as the army was going out to fight and shouting for the battle. That's not the Philistine army. That's the Israelites. Getting up on the side of a hill. Day one, they come out and they're shouting. They're ready to go. They're fired. They're ready with their war cry. They're shouting. And Goliath steps out and he defies the army. And they run and they hide in fear. Right. Day number two, they come out. 
They get ready for battle. They shout the shout, and they're ready to go. Goliath steps out and defies the army, and they cower back into the caves. Day three, they get out, and they're ready to fight. They're shouting, but on and on and on it goes. Every time they begin to show some kind of strength, they show some kind of courage. Every time Goliath speaks, they run and hide. It says, 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 21, for Israel and the Philistines had drawn up in battle array, army against army, trash-talking each other across the valley, saying all kinds of stuff. We're going to get you. We're going to kill you. We're going to destroy you. And one Goliath steps out and says, are we doing this again? I defy you're nothing. You're worthless. Oh, my God, did you see how big he is? On and on and on. Forty days of drawing up a battle. Forty days of doing the same thing over and over. The Bible says that David comes up on the scene and he hears this. He sees what's happening. In verse 22 of 17, David left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper and he ran to the army and came and greeted his brothers. And he talked, as he talked to them, there Goliath stood coming up from the armies of the Philistines and he spoke according to the same words. David standing there, he sees this giant walk out across the way and he hears, the Bible said, He heard them. He heard the words of Goliath. The Bible says, And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. Here it was again, another day, another time. He comes out and they run away. And David couldn't take it. He couldn't reason in his mind. How is it possible that you would cower to someone who defies the army of the Lord? How could you do it? But I, 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 I recognized quickly. I'd love to put on blast the army of Israel for doing what they do. But how often do we come to church and yell and scream and shout as if we're going to battle, as if we're going to prevail against the enemy? And we have moments where we shout and we cry and we speak against the enemy. But Monday comes and Tuesday comes and the, the, the enemy, the, the, the giant steps out and he begins to, to create fear and create doubt and create confusion. And all of a sudden, that service is long gone. That prayer meeting is long gone. That Bible study is long gone. Those scriptures are long gone. All we know is we're cowering fear. We're in the same spot we were the week before. So, you know the story. 
David said, I'm not going to take this. So he, Saul tries to give him some armor. He realizes that's not going to work. In verse 40, he took in his staff, he chose for himself five stones from the brook and put them in the shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had and his sling in his hand, and he drew near the Philistine. He walked towards the enemy. The Bible says the Philistine came and began to draw near to David. The men who bore the shield went before him. Now think about that. That's a side note. You see David and Goliath, but it's 2 verse 1. It's not just a giant verse 1. It's 2 verse 1. His, spear, his shield was so big he had to have somebody carry it for him. And so he walks out. And David, we know, says to him, and the Philistine calls him a dog and begins to curse him. And David said, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. And this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcass of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's. I hate and I regret to think that the children of Israel did not understand that the battle was the Lord's. The whole time they're sitting there, the whole time they're encamped in that battle, they don't recognize or they refuse to acknowledge that the battle is the Lord's. But David realized, I'm not going out there in my own might. Look at me. Who am I? I'm nothing. But I do have a name and I do have authority in God. I do have an anointing that happened to me when I was pulled from the field. I have an anointing and I have a walk with God. And if I have that, that's all I need to wage war against the enemy. I don't have have to have the latest technology. I don't have to have the latest armory. All I've got to have is just a few things uh, that I've learned how to use uh, on a shepherd's field. Uh, I learned how to throw a, uh, a, a, a sling. I, I learned how to use a sling on, on the shepherd's field. Uh, I learned it when I was praying. Uh, I learned it when I was playing the, the instruments. Uh, and that's all I've got uh, is my anointing. Uh, but that is uh, enough. Uh, that is enough. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so we know the story. David prevailed, verse 50, over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. It wasn't the latest and greatest. It was very simple. But he struck and killed him. But the Bible says there was no sword in the hand of David. He wasn't going out there in his own might. And can I tell the Calvary Church today, I'm glad for all the technology that we have. I'm glad for everything we've got that propels the gospel. I'm thankful for this building. I'm thankful for the property across the street. But can I tell you, that's not what wins the war against the enemy. You don't have to have a sword of man. But what you need is the name of the Lord. You need the anointing of God that comes from his spirit. 
Oh, hallelujah. Can I tell you today? Herein we find the prevailing need of the church. Because what the scripture says in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 52. Now the men of Israel and Judah arose. Wait a second. Did the enemy just fall? The Bible says that they arose and shouted just like they had done before. But every other time they cowered in fear. But this time was a little bit different. The Bible says that they arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines. They said, I've had enough uh, of sitting on a hillside uh, watching the enemy get victory. I wish somebody would get tired of coming to church uh, week after week uh, and nothing happening during the week. Uh, But I'm telling you, we need to pursue the enemy. Oh, hallelujah. So I've come to tell you today. I've come to tell you today, this is what the prevailing need of the church is. It's simply boldness. It's boldness uh, to go where God's telling you to go. It's boldness uh, to declare what God is telling you to declare. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 The armies of Israel had a shout. The armies of Israel had resources. The army of Israel had technology. They had provisions. They had everything they need. They even had the backing of God. But one thing they lacked, and it was boldness to step into the fight. Oh, hallelujah. And I believe we are in a season of the church. That will require unprecedented boldness. We're going to keep reaching for the best of the best when it comes to facilities, technology, resources. But that is not what prevails against the enemy. It's going to be boldness in the spirit uh, to do uh, what he's telling you to do. I I thank you, Brother Puckett. Uh, On Tuesday night, uh, God put a word on his heart. uh, And with boldness, uh, he declared uh, the word uh, of the Lord. I'm telling you, Calvary, we need to have more boldness uh, in this hour. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I hasten to a close. I hasten to a close, but God is speaking. Some of you were called out. You know without a shadow of a doubt that God called you out on Tuesday. God called you out on Wednesday, and you said, yes, Lord, I'll go. But don't be like those enemies who said, I'll go, and then every time the enemy roars, you cower in fear. But if he told you you can do it, if he told you to say it, if he told you to pray it, I want you to do it. We We need boldness. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Would you lift your hands one more time? God, we need boldness in this place. The Calvary Church needs boldness this week. We need boldness to go where you're calling us to go, to do what you're calling us to do. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.
I want to give you one more thing. We're going to come to this altar and pray. But in Acts, we see a very clear example of this. In Acts chapter 3, a a lame man was healed. It was a miraculous event. It was earth-shattering. It it was amazing. In Acts chapter 4, the Bible says uh, that the religious leaders uh, were not happy with what was happening. And so the Bible says uh, that they grabbed uh, Peter and they grabbed those uh, who were responsible for the healing and they put them in prison. Wait a second. Wait a second. Didn't something amazing just happen with God? And we find ourselves in a prison? The Bible says that in verse 4, many who heard the word believed. Even when they went into prison, they heard the word and believed. And it came to pass on the next day. That the elders and rulers and scribes brought them out. And when they had set them in the midst, they said, by what power or by what name have you done this? Where does your authority come from? Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people of Israel, if this day we are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man. By what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. He said, this is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. But he said, it's not just the name that brought healing, but he said, neither is there salvation in any other for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved Peter had a lot of options on how he could have answered that question he knew his audience he wasn't naive to the fact he was standing in front of Jewish leaders but he said It's by the name of Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know if I would have added the next part. Whom you crucified. That's right. There's a sense of boldness. Because he's not just answering them. He's answering to God. He's answering to what God has called him to do. And he's using the moment as a testimony for God's glory. But it took boldness. So much so that the next verse says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. Boldness is a byproduct of your relationship with God. Boldness is a byproduct of you walking with God, not just on a Sunday shout, but every day. Oh, hallelujah. And so they threatened them. They told them, we're going to let you go. No longer can you speak the name of Jesus. 
They commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. See, David... David sat in a field. And he had this relationship with God. A relationship where God showed him how to war. God showed him how to battle. God showed him his strength. God showed him his authority. And so when he comes and he sees an enemy defying the God Almighty that he had come to know, he couldn't help but speak the things he had learned. Oh, hallelujah. So when they had further threatened them, verse number 21, they let them go. Being let go, they began to tell the church what people were saying. Here's the verse that I find so compelling. Verse 24, when they heard that, they raised their voice to God. One accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that's in it, who by the mouth of your servant David has said, Why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ, for truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together to do whatever your hand and and your purpose determined before to be done. You accomplished your will. And so they pray this prayer that I'm asking the Calvary Church to pray this morning. Now, Lord, look on their threats. And grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. With all boldness. Think about what they could have prayed. They could have prayed for comfort. They could have prayed for safety. They could have prayed for an easy way. But they said, God, in the middle of this raging world, give us boldness. Oh, hallelujah. That's what I want you to pray right now. I want you to lift your hands and pray, God, give us boldness. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Oh, call us out of the field. Anoint us for this hour. But give us boldness, Lord. Give us boldness, Lord. Somebody step out of your pew. Somebody step out of your pew. Somebody step out of your pew and say, God, give me boldness. Give me boldness. Give me boldness in the chaos. Give me boldness in the persecution. Give me boldness in the midst of an enemy that's trying to bring fear. Give me boldness. Give me boldness. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel the touch of the Lord. Hallelujah. We need your boldness. We're tired of cowering in fear. 
We're tired of stepping back every time the enemy roars in our life. Hallelujah. Go ahead and pray like the early church. Give us boldness. Give us boldness. Give us boldness. Because signs and wonders will follow boldness. Signs and wonders follow boldness. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Go ahead, young people. Pray. Teach us to pray. Show us what it means to be bold. Hallelujah. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. You're anointed for this. You're anointed for this. Come on. David, you're anointed for this. Don't look around and hope somebody else is following suit. Take a page out of David's book and say, God, you've given me strength. You've given me your name. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Break every yoke. Break every yoke. Break every lie. Break every fear. Hallelujah. 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 Somebody declare things in the spirit. Somebody pray things in the spirit today. Hallelujah. 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 We walk by faith. We walk by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. If you feel led to pray with somebody, I want you to just pray with somebody. God, we pray. We pray. We pray your work be done among us. We pray your work be done among us. Be done among us. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.